Welcome to Down and Out, the sports and entertainment podcast taking the world by storm. Dom Tibbetts alongside Evan Ryer, two sports quote-unquote professionals, giving our best shot at the world of podcasting. But we like to have fun, keep things loose, and a lot to get to today. As always, shout out JD Masters and Buddha. That's Man in the Mirror, what you just heard, our intro-outro song. Go show them some love, YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream music, anywhere you stream our podcasts like Spotify, Apple, and Google. You can find them, friends of us, friends of the program. Evan, crazy weekend. It's been a while since we've gotten to talk to the people about the crazy world of sports, but man, just inject all that into my vein. I can't sleep at night because I just want to wake up the next day and just start watching sports. It's been an amazing week and it's an amazing time, as we always say every week, to be a sports fan. Yeah, it has been a little while. Uh, you know, I, I I'm gonna go ahead and take the uh, go ahead and tell the fans, tell the tell the listeners, tell the adoring public, um, you know, our worshippers that I dropped the ball last week. Uh, forgot my recording device, and that's why we didn't record on Friday. But Dom, I really just I have to say baseball. <laughs> Baseball! Take Holy me out to the <laughs> ball game. Dude, all the sports are really good right now. We haven't even touched on NBA and NHL starting, but man, baseball, baseball, baseball. In the we past will, week, and I promise we will get to it, folks. But you have to understand, like baseball. Not is, right now. Baseball is hot. Baseball is hot in the streets and it hot is. everywhere. It, it's 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 it is it is fall. It is mid fall, early fall, and that means football and baseball are the kings still right now. And uh, and man, it is it has been an eventful week. That's the only bad. Even recording two episodes a week, it gets really hard to like just keep up. Like during weeks like this, where honestly, like, yeah, very much like, so. So us, you know, me, me uh, screwing up there and, and us having to only do one episode, there's like too much to even talk about, but we're going to try to. All right, folks, real quick. In the past week, since we've last recorded, Red Sox beat the White Sox to go to the NC or the ALCS uh, or the Astros beat the White Sox to go to the ALCS. The uh, Red Sox beat the Rays to go to the ALCS. Braves beat the Brewers, and the Dodgers beat the Giants in a five-game set. Uh, That was insane, but we're not even going to talk about it because the Dodgers and Braves have played two insane games. But before we even get to that, the ALCS has had two insane games. Um, Man, I mean, the the Astros and and the Red Sox have just been putting up runs like no one's business. Neither team has any pitching, and that has just made for, you know, a really exciting first two games because... Uh, Lord, are both teams just putting up a ton of runs right now. I mean, in the first two games, you're looking at uh, a total of nine and then 14, so 23 runs between two games. If you think baseball is boring, go watch the ALCS right now because it is it is just popping off. Um, And, yeah, they're split too. You know, the, the, the Strohs come through in game one. You know, I know everyone hates the Strohs. I get it. You know, and I don't. I'm not a fan of them by any means. But let me tell you that Carlos Correa does not give a single fuck yeah, about what you think. He doesn't. He I just, was gonna say. I was gonna say you can at me with that statement. But yeah, Carlos Correa is absolutely trying to shove his salty nuts does, down my throat. He does not care. He does not care. And Jose Altuve does not care. Jordan Alvarez does not care. Those dudes do not give a shit, and and like and I and I get you know I get it, but when when Correa pimp slaps that go ahead home run, and and then taps his wrist saying it's my time, that gave me chills. That 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 really did. But the thing is, is that as insane as that moment was, and as as crazy as it was, and it seemed like uh oh okay, so the Red Sox may have you know maybe run out of some magic because the Strohs are the Strohs and they do what they do. The Red Sox come back in game two, put up nine runs, 
and are just like not I mean, to and not to mention eight of those nine runs within the first two innings. Martinez endeavors with two grand slams. Like when when the hell have you ever seen in an ALCS? back-to-back grand slams in consecutive innings. I don't think I've ever seen that before. That's well, Dom, to me that's me tell wild. You, you have never seen you have never seen it before cuz it has never happened until this past weekend. Fucking um, nuts. <laughs> it has never it has never happened in a postseason game until Jesus. this past weekend that a single that a team has hit two grand slams in a single game. Um so yeah, I mean, they uh they completely flipped that shit on its head. I mean, you're not coming back from 8-0. Um, no matter, you know, and the, the Strokes put up five. They they brought it together. They, you know, they won the rest of the game. But you're not coming back from 8-0. And, and, you know, we, this isn't even talking about Kike Hernandez, who I was telling to Dom about before the game. I mean, he's kind of the story of the Red Sox postseason so far. I mean, they've they've had a lot of, you know, huge performances from, from guys in clutch situations. But Kike Hernandez is 16 for 32, uh, has five home runs, four doubles, a 1.6 OPS. Um, the dude is that man wants his performance bonus. Yeah, he does, and or something. I mean, he wants. <laughs> to, yeah, I, I I don't know if the Boston Mafia has something on Kike. Yeah. Well, I was gonna, I, 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 on, a, on a softer tone, I was just going to ask how quickly does he want to become in the Boston Hall of Fame? You know, but yeah, it, it could be the Mafia as well on a more serious he, nature. <laughs> he's he is. I mean, it is what he's doing right now is 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 up there with what Arizona did last year for the Rays. I mean, if they go to the World Series and Kike, you know, no matter what, Kike's going to be boasting a, like, three-fit... Kike could, like, strike out the remaining, like, playoff games and still be, like, above a 305 home runs. Like, he's already had an insane postseason performance no matter what happens the rest of the way. So, uh, you know, got to, you know, got to gotta give credit to him and... and uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to tonight. Uh, you know, we've got Game Three, and you know, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, the the Red Sox are pitching Eduardo Rodriguez, and and he's not a terrible pitcher. But this is another game. You know, in Fenway, you know, there's going to be some runs scored. Uh, you know, this is, you know, and the and folks, the over under the the the, the total line right now that I'm seeing is nine. I mean, I'm not That's, saying they they clipped that, but based on the last two games, I say go have some fun and hit that over. Yeah, uh, because which is which is crazy to me. I think it's a great line. Don't get me wrong, but it is crazy to me that playoff baseball we're out here throwing a, a, a line at nine runs, right? Because he's just yeah. it's 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 an unprecedented thing in baseball, especially when you know your your ideology. Or I don't even know what the word I'm trying to get here is, but smartly thinking, game three of any series, especially a best of seven, you're still throwing an ace, a, a borderline ace. It's your third best in your rotation. So uh, on most cases, right? So it's crazy to me that there are nine runs that the that the the betting gods of the world are putting down on this game. And I, I agree with you. I've been absolutely go bet this over because if there's one thing that I hate about the Astros. Is that these guys? They just they fucking deliver in October. I mean, you got, you got to give respect where respect is due, and you have to give it to the Astros in terms of you know throw the, all the cheating stuff out the window. As an Angels fan, I kind of have to wave the right the white flag here and give it to the Astros that they are resilient and they will definitely like. I, I'm going to be honest with you, will not be surprised if the next three games in Boston come out three two. Two three. I, I don't think one team gets a three uh, a three one advantage out yeah, of game five. I feel I feel really good about this game going back to Houston. Um, I will say the the momentum feels like it's on the Red Sox, and you know partially this is because you know the Astros don't have Lance McCullers. He's hurt for this series. I mean, when you don't have your number one pitcher, I mean that's you know go look at the Dodgers. We'll get to that in like literally a second, but. Um, you know, so I, I really kind of am feeling the Red Sox the rest of this, the rest of this, the, you know, the series at this point. Um, but like that's I said, what I'm man, hoping is that, like I said, man, is that every time the Astros need something from one of their big guys, they they come through. So uh, it, it's definitely far from over, and I'm definitely feeling that this game goes at least six, maybe you know, hopefully seven. Um, meanwhile, holy let, fuck. folks, let me tell you all about a team called the Atlanta Braves. Um, you know, just quick breakdown before we get into the discussion. Freddie Freeman homers in the top of the ninth against the Brewers in a 4-4 game. 
to 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 for the go ahead. Braves beat the Brewers in four. No one thought that one. I mean, people people didn't really think the the Braves were picked like like were panned by by most national analysts. A lot of people picked the Brewers in this series. Then, you know, it becomes oh well, the Braves. You know, it's the Dodgers. They you know 106 wins versus you know versus 80 88 wins. You you know we all know how this is gonna go. Uh, you know, even if uh, the and then it became, you know, the Dodgers pitch kind of go bullpen game in the game one. It's like the Braves win that and it becomes, oh, well, Mad Max is going to win game two. Not so fucking fast. Hold the phone. Stop it. Gas pedal. Put it in Great. reverse when you wiggle and jiggle. Yeah, I don't. It's uh, what a what a fucking turnaround in game two against the Max Scherzer. Goodness gracious. Braves walk it off in game one, walk it off in game two. So nice they did it twice. And, dude, I mean, what can you say other than Austin Riley? I mean, don't get me wrong. Eddie Rosario with the game winner last night, hit the walk-off kind of hit a 105-mile-an-hour rocket in the Corey Seager. And and the thing is is that there's people trying to say that Corey Seager deserves an error on that play. I, I mean, it's a it's kind of a your-pick kind of situation because yeah. he was right there. But – 105-mile-an-hour rocket. Kenley Jansen, the closer for the Dodgers, reaches up to try and gets it, misses it. I mean, Seager's got 30 feet on a 100-mile-an-hour ball to adjust. It's not even like Will Smith at catcher. You know, that's that's a hard-ass play. That's a really hard play, and he damn near made it. Very much and, so. And, uh, but, but instead, fortunately for me and fellow Braves fans, Ball rolls into the outfield. Ozzy Albies uh, uh, crosses the plate, and and that's all she wrote. I mean, the Braves went down twice in this game, just like they did in the Brewers game four, um, and, and 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 both times they answered. Uh, you know, I mean, I that the this this Braves team is not you know this this uh, this Braves team is not as good as the team last year that lost to the Dodgers in the NLCS. It's not. I mean, they last year had Acuna, last year had Ozuna. I mean. The pitching was worse off, but that was it. Go ahead. Well, I, I, no, prefer- ahead, I preferenced it before we started recording, Evan, but like you think of a guy like Acuna. The Braves are playing probably the most spirited baseball any of these four remaining teams are playing in the playoffs right now. Like It, it, it is... It is like I don't want to use the A word without like because I think they're they're a good team at the end of the day. We knew this coming into the playoffs, but this is amazing. This is we are watching history being made, and it, and it's awesome to be able to witness this. However, I I want so bad for an Infinity Stone to go back in time and save Ronald Acuna's injury. I don't know if that affects anything, but it just feels like if Acuna was playing right now too, it would just make it little cherry on top. I don't know. I I, I think it's just because it's the kind of player he is, and he's such a baseball guy's baseball guy, but man, does it feel like Acuna should be in this. It it, it, kind of sucks that we don't get to see him being able to maybe have some of these Eddie Rosario, Austin Riley moments. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, you know, I think about it, the game last night, you know, those who watched it will know that the Dodgers scored their their uh, their their third and fourth runs off of a kind of a, a quickly dropping outfield ball that uh, Gamma Heredia can't get to. It rolls, it rolls under him, and then, you know, they go score runs three and four. You know, you think if Acuna's out there, he either makes an incredible play, he either gets there in time, or he at the very least doesn't let the ball roll by him. The Dodgers are only up by three, or only up by one instead of up by two. Um, But I also think it's really important to bring up that, you know, when Acuna got hurt, the Braves were fourth in the NL East, like having an absolute nightmare year. And, you know, Acuna could have turned it on with the rest of the team in the back half, you know. But, you know, they bring in Jorge Soler, they bring in Jock Peterson, they bring in Adam Duvall, they bring Adam Duvall back, really. That team fucking believed. They be- they found something, they fucking believed in it. They were like, oh, wait, the Mets are collapsing, the NL East is shit, yeah, let's fucking do this thing. They saw, they saw a scenario where they were like, you know what, if we go kind of, re- if we retool the outfield, we can at least go play, because our infield is legit, and it is, I mean, like I said, Austin Riley at third base, MVP chance all throughout Atlanta the past uh, couple of nights, and and you know he's not the MVP, but man, he is 
he is something special for a 24 year old and uh and this is and, awesome for Freddie too because I mean if you're a baseball fan you're a Freddie Freeman fan I I don't think I've ever going I don't think I ever have met and nor do I ever want to meet someone who isn't a Freddie yeah. Freeman guy this that's also the greatest sub storyline in this as well one of them is that this is you know this is a year where Freddie could finally get that get, get that ring I don't know what I mean by this but I said it a lot while drunk at the Braves game last week nice um but because we all I, we we all know how much it we've it, all it, been it, there, yeah. Um, but uh, but I really do believe it when I say that Freddie Freeman looks like the president of baseball, and I'm not quite sure what that means, but like not the president <laughs> of the MLB, but the president of baseball. If like you look at the dude, like the the jaw, the facial structure, the height. He looks like a, a presidential figure to me, and uh, and he's the president of baseball. Unfortunately, the president of baseball is 0 for 8 in the first two games against the Dodgers with seven strikeouts. Kind of wild. Um, but if you're a Braves fan and you're 2 and 0 after two games, and Freddie is 0 for 8, you're like, well, imagine okay. you're, you're thinking to yourself, well, okay, imagine if he picks like, it all back right, Freddie, you know? let's get it hot in in LA, and and maybe we're we're really cooking. I mean, the Braves need to think that they need to go get one in LA. Um, I mean, of course, you're thinking that because you know otherwise the series is three two uh, against you. But but you got to be thinking you go peel off one of those W's because because uh, you do not want to get back to Atlanta playing for your life. Like don't get me wrong, like Atlanta was special the past two nights and and fuck Bill Plaschke for for tweeting shit. If uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go go look at that dude's Twitter. He's he's a fucking clown. Um, but. But uh, you don't want to get back there. With you can't let the the Dodgers have you by the throat at any point in this series. I mean, if it's Game Seven, that's one thing. But but uh, otherwise, you know, you need to capitalize on on you know a kind of magical start here. And I think they can. I mean, the Braves have actually hit Walker Bueller in the past. Uh, they, they 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 they'll be facing him tomorrow night. And Charlie Morton's back on the mound. Charlie Morton hasn't pitched yet in this series. I mean, if they go win tomorrow night, man, it's uh, or, or it's at 4 p.m. or it's at 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, they go in tomorrow. You're you're. I mean, it's 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 cooking time. Um, Absolutely. But 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 you know it is Atlanta sports, so you can't hold your breath. Um, this and, this does not feel like I, I the way I picture this is that the Braves will have it 3-2 back in Atlanta and they win it in Atlanta. I don't I don't think they win it in L.A. You know, and the other thing, Dom, I, something I I totally forgot to bring up is that uh is that people are already thinking about okay so let's get braves boston in the world series because the last time that an atlanta team played a new england area team in a you know championship deciding situation oh fuck yeah that's 28 28 to 3 falcons Um, falcons patriots holy shit yes so there you go, but uh, that's wait. Uh, so you're telling me that becomes a Matt Ryan revenge series? Yeah, Matt Ryan's gonna come out and pitch Game Three. No, but no, it's it's magical right now. I mean, walk it off once against the Dodgers, you feel great. Walk it off twice, I mean, you just you're in dreamland. You don't. You, I mean, and last night had a feeling like the entire time it was like, okay, well, the Braves are down. They went down 2-0 early. It just the entire time it just felt like, okay, well, if they can, they can just get there. If they can get through Scherzer, uh, down two or within the game, and sure enough, Jock fucking Peterson, bad bitch Jock Peterson, comes through with the pearls. I mean, three home runs in the postseason now. I mean, dude is just shit, dude. Well, let me. October's so real. Uh, it, it, it very much is. But let me ask you this, Evan. Braves fans all around, let me get the general gist of how y'all are feeling on this. Is this the year where, as a fan, you're going, this might, this needs to be it? This needs to be the year we win a World Series? Or, God forbid, they blow this NLCS or they lose the World Series, you'll be back within maybe a next season or two, right? I, I, what, yeah, what, what do you I think too. is the gist there? Well, I mean, Acuna's coming back, and you know that, so you're like, damn. Yeah. You know, you're like, okay, Ian Anderson is 23, Austin Riley's 24, Ozzy Albez is 24, 25, Ronald Acuna is obviously locked up for 10 years, Rosario and Peterson are guys you can probably find a way to bring back, um, Darno's not going anywhere, Swanson, Dansby Swanson's not going anywhere, um, Charlie Morton is probably not coming back, he might come back, but I mean, he's like 34, um, 
So, you know, I think they if they make a pitching move next offseason and like or or bring Morton back or or whatever, you know, then then it you're like, okay, this is still totally fine. We're still the same team. Also, uh Soroka has not pitched for the Braves this year and he's like, you know, a twenty four year old amazing talent uh that's coming back next season. So I mean you're definitely thinking that, okay, you know, we, we can make it back, but this is just this is like feels like gravy because the Braves kind of gave it felt like you know, it felt like a season to give up on after the start plus Acuna plus Ozuna. For it to not be a team to give up on is is really special and and really the big question mark is that Freddie Freeman is due to be a free agent. You feel like you have to bring him back, but um, but but I mean they may not. You know I mean yeah. And Freeman and which Freeman, would be weird. It would be very weird to see Freddie Freeman in, in, a, in a, another jersey. Yeah, yeah. It, it it wouldn't feel right. It wouldn't feel right to see the president of baseball in a different jersey. Yeah, and so uh, and so it's uh, it's it, there's a there's a lot to, to there's a lot up in the air, but. So, but you still feel like you're you're a contender next year, no matter what happens. Right. Um, but but dude, go go make it count. The Dodgers pitching is fucked up because Dave Roberts is a weird guy who just was like, I'm gonna yeah. do the opening game as a bullpen. Um, they got exhausted during that Giants series, and then the thing is, man, is that don't get me wrong, the Astros and the Red Sox can hit, 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 and they're gonna hit no matter who they play in the World Series. But the Braves can get there. The Braves. Pitching is better than anything the Red Sox or Astros has faced their entire postseason so far. And the Braves are hitting still. And the, the Astros and Red Sox pitching hasn't been great. So you got to think that you at least have a pretty good chance. Well, yeah. So, what, I mean, what it almost feels like, you know, the one in fourteen million, one in fourteen million opportunity is happening for the Braves right now. Right. This is you got to you got to think that it's it. You got to think this is a chance, and so hopefully they take it. Um, if they don't, you know, it's not it's not a, a end all be all. But, but which yeah, is why the the last thing I want to ask you, Evan, is that I would like to root for the Braves as my team for the rest of the playoffs. Can I have temporary permission to yeah. root for the Braves? For Going the Braves to fun. Game? Because All I right, don't nice. like the Reds I don't like the Red Sox. I don't like the Dodgers. I you know, I'm not as big of a hater of the Strohs as some people, but don't like them. I mean the Braves are the only likable team left in the postseason. Very much I, so. I, I said that after the DS has ended. I was like, yeah, I mean they're really the only team you should see. Be I kind of, I kind of like the Dodgers, contrary to most Angel fan opinions. That's because I'm an East Coast Angel fan. So I'm kind of that weird motherfucker. But they've already been there. They've done it before. And the Braves are a fucking wagon. They're so much fun. So yeah, I'm you gonna, just catching I'm, the Dodgers. How bad? How how not the Dodgers they are right now? I mean Kershaw's hurt. Muncy's hurt. I mean, their pitching isn't looking as nearly as lethal. Their hitting's not there. The Braves just have to take the chance. You got to. Um, it's going to be heartbreaking if they don't. But hey, the fact that they made it to the NLCS, the fact that they are, are making the NLCS competitive is more than anyone could ever say. So really, everything from here is gravy. Um, this is a special team that will be remembered no matter what they really end up accomplishing. Um, Dom, we gotta. It's. It, I could talk baseball all day, but. We got to say it was also a pretty eventful weekend in college football, um, you know. And folks, don't worry, we're coming back to the NFL. But uh, but man, you know, college football was good again. Uh, I mean, I really think that you know, on a national scale, the the biggest talk, talking point was you know, number two, Iowa goes down. Uh, much love and respect to our boy Jordan Hansen, but I don't think anybody really thought Iowa was was the true number two team. Um, in college football, and that well, and now and now they prove that because how in the good fuck are you are you number two in the country? You can score no more than seven points against Purdue, and Purdue, and you said it before the show we started recording, Evan. Purdue's not an awful, awful team. You know, their one of their losses this season came to a top ten ranked at the time Notre Dame team. But come on, Iowa! You like how like the the total polar opposites going from Penn State to the to the Purdue game is it was just so disheartening to see and just mind boggling. Yeah, I mean it's classic, you know, I, it's classic Big Ten where it's like if you're not Ohio State, you know, and you're a really good Big Ten team, you're gonna have offensive duds. It feels like that's clockwork, and and the, and they had one, and it was a bad one, and the 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 Purdue offense has been been good enough this year i mean credit to aiden o'connell that uh that quarterback over there is starting to make some waves 30 for 40 with 375 and two tds and sure enough purdue gets the uh 17 point away win um meanwhile georgia takes care of business against kentucky and folks they are 
they're the best team until they're not. I mean, a lot of years it's Alabama, but they are just right now, they're, they, they've got weaknesses. You know, I, I feel like you can see weaknesses on that team, but they're, 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 but they, 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 they do enough to counteract them. And, I mean, and Stetson Bennett is a guy who's not – I don't think he's blowing people away if you're looking at his charts, but the way how efficiently he's he's able to run this offense because he has I, – I, I think he, he's doing it so efficiently because he has so much confidence that his defense is going to hold offenses like Kentucky to under 15, 20 points every game. So he's just kind of going out there being an efficient game manager – and he all hooks up with Brock Bowers twice in that game yesterday on some pretty beautiful passes. Actually, got to run the highlights in my show last night. It's uh, it, it's it's a fun time if you're if you're if you're in Athens or you're a Bulldog fan because yeah, Georgia's a fucking wagon, and as you said, they're the best team until proven otherwise. Well, and the thing is, is that I mean, Stetson Bennett's been very good, but JT Daniels is supposed to be the starter, and he's still hurt. So, I mean, you know, it's gonna, it's kind of a, a question mark there for Georgia. Something we can talk about down the road. Um, I also think, real quick, just just throwing it out there, not for discussion, but uh, Caleb Williams continues to shine for Oklahoma after coming in for Spencer Rattler last week. Alabama in the get right game, they win forty nine to nine over Mississippi State, and. You know, kind of the off-the-field topic point of the day, uh, something Dom's got to talk about. Well, there's kind of two, but the first one we got to talk about is is uh, Coach O. Uh, it's it's pretty much confirmed. It's not confirmed, but it's pretty much confirmed that uh, he's leaving at the end of the season, two years after winning a national title. Um, Dom, it's uh, you know, it's I know that sucks. Yeah, it does, Evan. It just it sucks because not. I love Coach Joe. You know, he brought us to the glory land, the promised land two years ago. And while I think that, yeah, maybe if things were trajecting this way for a couple more seasons, it would have been inevitable, right? Because there was a point where, as a younger LSU fan, I was a huge Les Miles guy, you know, two national championships and and, and a plethora of of Heisman candidates and professional uh, football players that we've seen in the NFL. But even Les Miles had his time, and even he had a three to four season run where you know LSU fans were just like, "Come on, brother, get like get this fucking guy out of here." You know he couldn't even end up winning at fucking Kansas anymore. I didn't. I don't feel that way with Ed. You know, Coach O was given far less of a leash to work with than Les Miles, and to me, that's baffling. And I know that Coach O benefited in 2019 from probably the greatest college football constructed roster that we've seen in our lifetime and we've seen in a very, very long time, but it just felt way too early. I I, I don't understand why you felt the need or were panicking so much to pull the trigger and why do this not last week right why do this right after the a win over 20th ranked florida yeah you gave up 42 points but the optics of this were so bad on the timing and it's it, it just it just sucks. It, it's hard to not keep my emotions into this as well because, as I said, I'm a big Coach O guy. I, you know, I'm very grateful for what he's given to this program, and I, I don't know where the Tigers go from here. I don't know, who, you know, who who they want to bring in, but yeah, a tough day. And I put made a post about it on Twitter, and yeah, there was a pretty good mixed reactions of of Tiger fans who feel fifty fifty about it, and that and that's how we all felt when Les left, you know. But ah. It just stinks. O- overall stinks. Tough day. I'm still going to say go Tigers like this, all right, until probably like Jimbo Fisher steps in and becomes the new coach of LSU. But that's a topic for another day. Uh, yeah, overall, just it's a tough day for LSU. Uh, you know, for me, wish Coach O all the best. And, you know, hopefully LSU can at least, I don't know, get a win over Arkansas, win the boot this year. You know, so small. it's all about small victories at this point. Yeah, I mean, I will say that the initial report of the firing said that discussions did begin last Sunday, like after the loss, um, and they just, you know, it was kind of a, they, I think probably they probably had to convince O to, you know, say like, hey, like stay on through the end of the season, right, and whatever, um, and and maybe it was, you know, there was discussion there of like, do we get rid of him now? Do we let him coach through the year and and I mean, the the thing is, is this. I mean, I totally understand why this is, you know, this, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. I mean, you want when, you know, for any, you know, I obviously hate LSU, but I can totally understand where it's like, you know, 
anytime you know a coach or you know a par- a person from the magical year goes it, it hurts you don't want it to happen i mean when 2017 jaguars broke down after what happened in that season you know it was kind of like it was heartbreaking to see each member go um but the fact is too though is that if I'm an LSU fan, after watching this season and last season, I would definitely think to myself, "Hmm, I don't feel nearly as good." It, it, you know, we could either roll down this road for another year or two, and maybe he gets it right again, maybe he doesn't, or we can go ahead and say, "Okay, well, instead of rebuilding two years from now with a new coach, we can start rebuilding now." And that's, you know, I mean, that's, like you said, maybe Orgeron had more in the tank, but I... The seat, I mean, the, the seat was hot, but I just, I I, th- I think you needed one more year. I, yeah, I, I don't. I, I think that's a reasonable take for sure. We, the, the, the LSU lost its offensive and defensive coordinators to the NFL and the Baylor job post-2019, right? You lose Joe Burrow, you lose the entire offense of that team Joe and Brady almost half the defense. So, yeah. you know, so you, you lose so much off that 2019 so you're already kind of in a mini rebuild to begin and man does it hurt to watch that old joe burrow heisman acceptance speech when he when he tells everybody on national television that coach o deserves a lifetime contract stop shot to the heart play your games he gives love a bad name that hurt that hurts so so much (laughs) watching that clip yesterday because yeah. uh, it's over. The magic, that- the, the magic's over. And you know, like I said, I, I, the, the seat was hot. I think if this happened last year, yeah, you have to do it because you can't let what happened with Les Miles happen again. But to me, this still feels just one season too early right now. You, you, and I don't know where Coach O goes, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to see some program Back to pick USC. him up. No, um, <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I, I do think though that you know, savor it while he's still here. Uh, I feel like there's some magic left in Coach O's boots. Um, you know, I really hope he doesn't bring it against Alabama on November sixth. That makes me a little nervous. Um, not gonna lie, because uh, it would be, you know, I can see a story, you know, a fairy tale L- story. LSU which, playing with nothing to lose, basically. Alabama with playing everything for Coach to o. lose. Yeah. And, and, but I mean, I could very much see him, you know, I mean, they've got a absolutely just brutal, uh, wrap up, you know, they go Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas, A&M for their last five. So, um, they're, they're kind of, I mean, that's the thing too, is that I think that's what really drove the, the nail home for them was that, you know, if Coach O goes like, if he loses four games, but he lost like three of those last four you could say, oh, well, you had to play Ole Miss, you had to play Alabama, you had to play AM. But when you lose to UCLA, you lose to Auburn, you lose to Kentucky, even though those are good teams, you know, I mean, it's just not LSU standard. Um, you know, kind of looking elsewhere in the SEC, we, you know, I just mentioned Ole Miss, should have segued there. Idiot, idiot. Um, uh, Ole Miss and Tennessee play a barn burner in Knoxville. Uh, Neyland Stadium looked like old Neyland Stadium because Tennessee was four and two, two and one in the SEC coming in. They kind of had some life. They weren't. They're not going to win the SEC East, but you know they. they the vibe. The vibes were there. The vibes. The were vibes were there. there, and then the vibes got very sour. Like when you're at a house party in college and you don't know the person who owns the house. And then (laughs) these two guys start yelling at each other and you don't know them. You're like, yikes. Um, instead of two guys yelling at each other though, it was Tennessee fans throwing trash and onto the field, uh, due to, I will completely agree with them. Just a absolute hosing. Um, they got totally screwed on the, uh, the call that led to the trash being thrown on the field. Ole Miss and Lane, you know, Lane Kiffin's on the other sideline. And if you're a Tennessee fan, you, I mean, obviously hate Lane Kiffin after the way he left Tennessee all those years ago. Um, and sure enough, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it was kind of a sketchy scene. You know, it was not a good look for yeah, Tennessee sure. fans. I, it, it's not good um, any time the cheerleaders have to, like, get off the field when they're in fear for their safety. Half the Ole Miss bench has to get onto the field because they're just getting pelted with stuff. You know, I think it, I was watching the clip right before we recorded 20 minutes in between that fourth down 
almost conversion, and then the next play for Ole Miss, twenty minutes had to go by. You know, so it's uh, yeah. it was that, that was a lengthy lengthy thing, and it's not like Tennessee Tennessee got the ball back and drove down the field and got to like the thirty. They had to go for a touchdown, sadly, so their field goal is out of the question. But they drove down. They had all three timeouts, but everybody just panicked, you know. And then that's what ensued with the with the garbage throwing onto the field. Uh, shout out to the person who threw the bottle of mustard. By yeah. far the funniest thing I saw on that field. I was I was expecting maybe a dildo, uh, Bill's Mafia style, but not nah, a bottle of mustard. I, I had a nice good laugh to that one. Yeah, good good bottle of French's. Keep that motherfucking thing on you. Um, Strapped uh, to the waist. But uh, but but yeah, uh, definitely a wild one. And and Ole Miss continues, you know, five and one, two and one in the SEC. If Alabama slips up, Ole Miss is just just right there waiting. Um, well, and and and, uh, and and Alabama, I guess a good way to segue into this one. Just uh, gotta be gotta feel good for you, Evan. Big fucking get right game. And I I don't even know if get right is the right word because yeah, Alabama playing pissed off is is not good for anybody in college football. Yeah, they needed the wake up call, and they looked. They looked uh, woke up, um, you know. Uh, out the the most encouraging thing. I mean, I don't have too much to say. I watched all this game, but but definitely the most encouraging thing was that Alabama looked the 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 blitzes are what killed Alabama against A and M. That's how really they, they the offense got shut down in the first half. Mississippi State tried the same thing, and Alabama scored like twice on six man blitzes uh, in the first half. So. Uh, that's encouraging. I mean, you know, it's it's Alabama. It's now we play the game of, you know, go take care of business every week. I mean, Auburn's looming as kind of a dangerous game. Arkansas is obviously dangerous. LSU's obviously dangerous. But but uh, now it's just okay. Run through everybody until until uh, you play Georgia. Um, uh, also, again, just to before we we go to the cash grab. I, I did have one more thing about Ole Miss Tennessee to say. Oh, yeah, just, go, go, go. Go ahead. Lane Kiffin Sorry. is the best villain ever. He's just so good at it. And, um, oh, uh, 100%. The, the, you know, keeping all the items getting thrown at him, he made an insane, greatly, a really, really great catch as he was walking off the field. Uh, someone threw like a water bottle at him and he made an Odell behind his back kind of catch. Um, he's Sw- hilarious. Through his visor. The, he's got swagger. His, He's threw got his visor swagger. into the stands. Threw his visor to Tennessee fans in the stands. Just an absolute god. I love uh, Lane Kiffin so much. But, but uh, you know, um, I don't have a clever segue here. But we are uh, 35 minutes into this first half, so I guess before we go to the NFL, we got to uh, go make some money. Go make some money. So. That we do. That we do, Evan. Folks, you know what time it is. It's cash grab time. But when we come back, he said it, we've got NFL recap our pick em. Uh Looks like the standings are taking a big shakeup because big old Dom here did some dumb, dumb shit this weekend. We'll get to that, all that and more coming up right after this. So stay with us. What it do, guys? Dom here, and the summer season is beginning to ramp up. And if you're like most Americans, you could use a good car wash and interior cleaning to get your whip feeling like a million bucks. You're going to need to turn some heads this summer, and the best way to get your ride nice and purdy is by taking it to Apex Auto CNY in Syracuse, New York. Mike and his guys excel in customer service and promise 100% satisfaction every time. Check out Apex Auto CNY. Y on Facebook and tell them down and out sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Second half of Down and Out is underway, and we're going NFL. We teased it right before the break. Pick them recaps. Big games on the docket here. First round of buys as well, so obviously the records won't be the the you know the 16 games that we're used to when we recap our pick them. But first, let's just roll through some games, Evan. First, hey, you know what? The Kings of London, baby. The Kings of London. The Jacksonville Jaguars have gotten their first win of the season, snapping their 20-game losing streak against the Miami Dolphins. Hey, round of applause again. Double round of applause for the Jacksonville Jaguars. These guys fuck. Super Bowl, here it comes. 11-5, 12-5 season. Trevor Lawrence, Super Bowl MVP. You heard it here first. I uh, yeah, man. I mean, it's inevitable. Uh, you knew the Jaguars <laughs> were gonna get it together at some point, and they finally are. No, um, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll be honest. I when I woke up, 
and it's about 10.30, and the Jaguars are down like 13-3, to I was like, man, I want to go back to sleep. This sucks, um, because it just kind of looked like another one of those days. And, uh, and you know, I mean, it kind of was. I mean, the Jaguars didn't play that well. I don't feel like I don't feel like this was the Jaguars' best game. I feel like they played better against, like, the Cardinals and, like, better against um, Cincinnati. Well, it, it, did, it did take two clutch field goals to tie and win this ball game. So I, yeah. I, would sure hope, I would sure hope you guys have a better game in store. Jacksonville Jaguars legend Matthew Wright um, kicking his second game for the Jaguars. Um, gets gets two, uh, uh, you know, really clutch field goals late, as Dom said. And, and that was a difference maker. Dolphins uh, defense kind of – or the Dolphins defense collapsed as the game went on, as did their offense. Um, Tua didn't even play that bad. He just didn't play well. Um, Trevor didn't have a pick, which was nice. He did have a fumble, but definitely wasn't his fault. Um, yeah, man, it just feels good to get that monkey off the back. I kind of wanted them to lose in a weird way because I just I'm ready for Urban to go. Even with this win, I'm ready for Urban to go. Um, but but uh, you know, it's it's nice to at least not be you know 20 game. Yeah, you know, the 20 game losing streak is over. Feels good that you know I don't have to look on Twitter each day or each Sunday and see the Jaguars have now lost 20 straight games. I mean, and that, look, Miami, uh, Miami so. had to be that game, right? Like you had to go beat Miami. That was going to be your best shot for a while I, I, until your rematch against Houston. You know? Yeah, uh, pretty much. I mean, and that was the thing. I mean, it's like you play the Bengals, you play Miami, you play the the Texans. I mean, you got to think like. Okay, we got to get one win here, and I bet on them like in all those games. And you know, finally in our pick'em this week, I I did take them again. I said if the Jags aren't going to win this one, I won't pick them the rest of the year. But I'm feeling like if they're going to win one, this has got to be kind of it. Um, and they do, so that's cool. Um, and uh, yeah, man, feels good. Just keep feeding James Robinson, and you'll be in games the rest of the season. I swear, and that's it's kind of what happened this week. Um, you know, Dom is, is kind of he kind of alluded to it uh, before we get into some of the other major talking points. I do want to say, yeah, I uh, I kind of flipped flipped it back on uh, the pick 'em back on its head because I am we didn't get to talk about this last week because you know no Thursday podcast because that's on me. But I am twelve and one this week. I picked the Jags. I picked uh, the Ra- the Ravens is kind of the other one that I feel really good about. But otherwise, it felt like it was kind of chalky, and it paid off. Yeah, um, see, and, and and I picked those same winners. I also picked the Ravens and the Jags as well. But Dom also picked Denver to beat Las Vegas, which didn't happen. I picked Cleveland to beat Arizona, which didn't happen. I picked Detroit to beat Cincinnati, which didn't happen. Carolina to beat Minnesota. I'm a fucking idiot. Big idiot those were, energy. Oh, those were oh, kind of- oh, here's here's a dumb one, Evan. Philly to beat Tampa Bay. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I felt it, and I guess it did almost happen. I believed in Jalen Hurts, and that's my fault. I don't know. Gee, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, – well, you were – I mean, I think that's fair to think that, you know, eventually they're going to drop, you know, another game. But, but yeah, um, it was – it was kind of a, I don't want to say a boring week in the NFL. It definitely wasn't that, but but really it's another week where we're not going to do a full recap. We're just going to hit those key talking points. And I kind of mentioned it, but, you know, the Ravens, I mean, 34-6 win over the Chargers at home, just really putting it on them. Um, you know, it was a... That you know, that is the kind of cross country game that does catch my eye. When a West Coast team has to play at 1 p.m. on the East Coast... I always think like, man, that's a brutal turnaround because you know those West Coast teams never have to play that early. Although right. I've always heard that every NFL player, if you ask them, they always love when the game's early. They always want to play at one. If you ask any NFL player, they always want to play at one. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean the 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 Ravens, you know, rushing offense is just. I mean, it is what it is. It's, and, I, I, and I think that's why the Chargers played so miserably. I think that was the first time they really had to go against the run-heavy offense and the 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 you know the the two-prong attack that is Lamar Jackson as well, you know. So and and the Ravens defense I think obviously deserves tons of credit as well. Tough day for Justin Herbert fantasy owners as myself uh because the Ravens defense looked good and uh right now number 1 in the AFC until the Buffalo game tonight. I I uh, I I know the Ravens have had some close wins and there are a couple 
plays here and there from probably being a uh, uh, what would it be like a f- four and two, three and three, three team. And three team yeah. yeah, but they're they're getting the fucking job done, and Lamar looks good, and that that defense kind of shades of mid two thousands Ravens right now. Yeah, I mean, you just, you got to, it's kind of like Braves versus Dodgers in the NLCS. Like, don't get me wrong, those are two walk-offs. Those easily could have gone the other way. Mm -hmm. But you got to, you know, you can't think of it like, well, we almost lost. It's like, no, we won close games and and we stomached that. And then, you know, you get the ball rolling, you get some momentum going. And then now, I mean, they're beating the Chargers by 28. So, um, you know, uh, big credit to them. The Ravens look like, I mean, they're going to run away with the AFC North because the Browns are just not quite that team. I still think the Browns probably make the playoffs, but, but um, I, you know, I, I don't think they go much further than that. Um, I think also a big talking point is, you know, as we bring up the Browns, is that the, you know, they were, they were kind of banged up, you know, no Nick Chubb in this game, but the Cardinals, you know, they didn't really care about who they had and who they didn't have. They just took care of business and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, despite some Browns magic too, I mean, you know, that Hail Mary that Baker Mayfield threw at the end of the first half was genuinely one of the best Hail Marys I've ever seen. You know, they were down three scores and it was a first half Hail Mary, but genuinely one of the best like throws I've I've seen. God, um, I, I, w- I wish I would have won the game for the Browns. Yeah, Such, been, would have been great retribution. Much cooler if they had done it that way, but but they <laughs> uh, they they you know the 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 Cardinals keep on trucking six and zero. Uh, they're I mean they're going to be you know like you know as Dom says a wagon only undefeated team left in uh, the NFL. So um, and, I will and I say th- though this is uh, I, I definitely am raising an eyebrow for Browns fans out there because obviously I know you're banged up injury wise with your backfield. But it kind of obviously proves what we already know, that the Browns are, are, are dependent on being a run-heavy team, smash-mouth football. And obviously they're going against you know prolific offense and Kyler Murray and uh, with with what uh, Cliff Kingsbury's drawing up there in, in Glendale. But, you know, I are, are how serious can the Browns be as a contender moving forward if they don't have that second dimension, right? Like Baker Mayfield didn't by all means didn't have like an awful game but he didn't have anything that's like popping off the stat sheet and you know you, you got to be able to pace good offenses like that like when, when you go against Buffalo when you go against Lamar Jackson you got to be able to pace them offensively and if the Browns don't have it in the passing game they're, they're not they're simply not going to be able to do that and that's I think that's a cause for concern moving forward in Cleveland yeah that's the thing with Baker is that I mean he didn't even have a bad game in this game but you know, every quarterback has to have a running he didn't, game. He didn't do anything to help his cause either. Yeah, like every quarterback has to have a running game, obviously. Like every, you know, from Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes to Baker Mayfield, they all have to have some form of rushing attack to work off of. That's how you open up bigger plays. But Baker is so, so dependent on it. Like when you're playing, you know, the Bucks, and let's say you just completely like have their running game red, like you just, they're not going to run on you. It's it's still still Tom Brady, and he's still gonna make these throws on every drive that make you go, damn. Baker, no, I mean it just doesn't happen with him, and he's not a bad quarterback. I think he's a very, I think he's very good, but I mean I think we're just realizing that his ceiling is not elite. It's just very good. Um, you know, I also feel like it's worth talking about. I mean, we had uh, one, two, three, four, no, just three, almost four. Uh, overtime games uh, this weekend, and one of them was the Cowboys and Patriots. Man, that was a really awesome game. That game rocked. Um, yeah, that kicked ass. Uh, you know, big kick ass energy. It was kind of the Trevon Diggs game. Uh, by the way, Trevon Diggs has seven picks in six games. Um, and you know, some still, of that is- still the second best Diggs in the NFL, but like he's good. Yeah. The, the, Best the defender bro- in the NFL. The brothers are out there and they're balling right now. And uh, and and Trevon uh, gets a pick six, then gets like crossed up on the route in like the ensuing drive, and uh, and and the safety makes a bad play, and uh, and 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 the Patriots go and immediately respond. This game had some just crazy wild endings, and then uh, Greg Zerline, who missed a kick earlier in the day, comes through with the with the game time field goal with like 20 seconds left or whatever it was. And then they go to OT. Um, 
Patriots just don't have enough juice, and the Cowboys get the win. Um, and which, after- which, which I, I'm not gonna say it sucks because I hate the Patriots, and they deserve every loss that they get for all the misery they put me through growing up as a Bills fan. But I will say, just speaking as a guy who is slightly rooting for just Mac Jones, not the team he plays for, but for Mac, uh, we'll say sucks for Mac because he played. He's been. Playing, obviously, very well this year, but obviously that was probably his best game, a big marquee. I don't know if there's a such thing as a marquee loss, but that could be a marquee loss for for Mac Jones in a positive sense. You know, I, I feel where you're coming from because I think he played pretty good too. I mean, 71% passing completion is never a bad thing, especially when you're averaging 11 yards a throw. Um, that being said... You know, the fourth quarter pick six is a backbreaker. And, you know, that's like where I know for a fact that's probably what he's like thinking about is like, damn it. Yeah. Damn it, damn it, damn it. No, that, but, that that's very fair. Very fair. But, but I mean, you know, I mean, still, it's it's up there with his best game of the year so far. Everyone keeps talking about how bad Trevor Lawrence is playing this year. But, I mean, go look at, like, Zach Wilson. Go look at Mac Jones. I mean, there's no one... In the no rookie quarterbacks in the NFL this year that are just like tearing it up. It is what it is. Um, so you know Mac is Mac is fine. He played another decent game and and he looks like he belongs in uh, New England, which is all that really matters. Um, speaking of you know uh, uh, other you know rookie, overtime rookie rookie quarterbacks. Uh well, oh, well what, what was uh, your sorry. segue? What oh, was your I, segue? I, I I forgot what game we were supposed to go to next. I was about to segue that to uh, rookie quarterback Justin Field, Chicago nice. taking on yeah, Green Bay. Uh, Chicago at home hosting Green Bay. And this is the Aaron Rodgers. I fucking own you game. And guess what? Sorry Chicago, he still fucking owned you. That guy, I I he is like how how Tom Brady owned the Bills for like two decades Aaron Rodgers just owned the fucking Bears for two decades and it's it is so comical to watch Chicago just have no answers for this guy every no, single I mean, season uh no I mean it is so it is so uh uh nuts to uh to, when you go look back at um his his record against NFC uh North opponents um so he is he obviously has a winning record against all of them. But all time against the Bears, he is twenty two and five now. I mean, he is he literally does own them. I mean, it is not close. Um he said that he saw a woman flipping him double middle fingers and that's like what caused him to as he put it black he said he blacked out he was like i just i couldn't i don't know what i said next i just who gives a who gives a fuck i don't care i wouldn't even have needed the middle finger i still would have just saying that all game long i still own you i still own you no i mean he he definitely does and uh you know the packers keep on trucking you know i mean there was kind of that after that opening week loss it's like now like oh wait yeah the packers are fine you know it's 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 aaron Rodgers. they're gonna be good they're gonna be there um i still don't you know i i in in against the bucks or against the cardinals i feel like i'm taking the cardinals and the bucks in those games um but but definitely the Packers are definitely on the fast track to the playoffs again and and we'll see if you know Rodgers and and them have some magic in their last year. You know, if they keep running the ball with Aaron Jones like they have, I mean, it is it makes his job a lot easier. I mean, 100%. Well, when you're able to just okay. feed that bell cow and then he's just, yeah. you know, can do can get the spacing down the field that he needs. I mean, it's 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 just easy. Well, you were mentioning the other teams in the NFC here as well, just like the Bucs and the Cardinals. The separation in the NFC from the top like five teams, right? Because you have the Cardinals 6-0 and and then Bucks, Packers, Cowboys, Rams all sitting 5-1. and It really feels like the separation, not so much by a record because we're, you know, six games into the season, but by just talent and and kind of the, the gusto each team is bringing. The separation there, I think, is so huge, and it's so monumentally, like, you know, flipped one way or the other between, you know, let's say the Rams ended off as the last 5-1 and one team, then you go down the Saints, Vikings, Bears, all with two, three losses. I feel like the talent level there dips off so much so when you're kind of getting through from the top-tier teams in the NFC to the rest of the conference, and 
the the Packers, the Bucks, the Cardinals. I think it's all a toss up. You know, I I think the Cowboys eventually fall off, but you know the NFC is going to be a lot of fun just to keep watching this year. I mean, tons of great storylines, quarterback battles. I mean, think about it. You're gonna have a playoff where Tom Brady goes against Aaron Rodgers, goes against Matt Stafford, goes against Dak Prescott, goes against Kyler Murray, and maybe if the stars align. Jameis motherfucking Winston, <laughs> you know, like, holy shit, I, I know we're six weeks in, and I'm speaking, you know, 10 weeks of, of futuristic talk right now, but it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch the NFC kind of progress this year, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff to be looking out for there. No question, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's just beginning, you know, I mean, we're six games into the year, and, you know, you're kind of figuring out who's really good and who's not, that power gap is being established, but, there's a couple teams in the balance too that you know got to figure out which way they're going and and that makes uh that obviously makes things exciting. Um, uh, you know, Dom, you you got Bills Titans tonight. You got to feel like the Bills, you know, get the W, but you know this isn't going to be an easy one. No, it's not. I think I think the biggest cause for concern of, of of anything why the Bills fans feel like you know we're a little bit on edge for this game is because last year. It was the infamous Derrick Henry stiff-arming the literal fuck out of Josh Norman game. Uh, that's still stained in my head, along with the the Arizona Hail Mary. But, yeah, De- obviously Derrick Henry being back there in the backfield, 640 yards this year, seven touchdowns. Dude's a fucking wagon. He's going to get his yards. Uh, I do feel good. As long as the Bills can concentrate and stack the box and minimize what Derrick Henry can do, the Bills should absolutely have no problem picking apart this shitty Titans defense. So it could be a high-scoring game. I think that was the line, 53-and-a-half. I would slam the over because um, I definitely think the, the Titans will have their way on the ground a little bit despite how good the, the Bills defense has looked this year. But, yeah, I'm feeling good about it. It's definitely a game where the Bills, it feels like a trap game, but – you know, if you want to be taken serious again, you can't follow up the great game against Kansas City with a bad loss to Tennessee. I don't think the Bills do that. I think they're obviously the clear favorite in the NFL right now, and it feels good to be there. So expectations are high. They need to deliver, and I think they do. And heading into the bye week at 5-1 and one would feel really, really fucking good post-Monday night. I'm excited. Uh, I have them picked as well, so hopefully the Bills help me go become 9-5 and five on my picks this year. And I think you said you picked them too, right, Ev? Yeah, I did. Um, so it'd be 13-1 and one if the Bills win. I uh, I definitely, you know, I yeah, exactly, which would be my best of the year and, and, and feels pretty good um, when you can pull that off. Uh, but, uh... I, I think um, I, I I think you know this could be a trap game for the Bills. I just you know it, it's hard for me to believe in the Titans right now, having watched them play in person now, and they didn't exactly they beat the Jags you know considerably I guess, but it never felt like they were just dominant. The Jags just suck, um, and uh, yeah, I I, I I feel like the Bills defense has something to prove in this game. They're gonna I think they're gonna load the box heavy on Henry and just say Tannehill go beat us and if Tannehill Tannehill goes out there and just absolutely you know like destroys then hey great job uh but yeah but otherwise uh, I would also I love this to be a Stefan Diggs get right game because it's not like he's been playing awful but the man has one touchdown so far this season so really stat wise yeah I guess his brother is stealing all the all the accolades right now in Dallas but we'd love to see Stefan Diggs reel in one or two touchdowns tonight to really help get get his receiving game back up there. But it's also tough because teams are doubling Stephon Diggs, and it's given way to the birth of a legend in the Bills Mafia world. That's fucking Dawson goddamn Knox. If And if he's still available in whatever fantasy football league you're in off the waiver wire, go get Dawson Knox and hold the fuck on to him. Don't do what I did and wait on him till week four because he's gone in every league that I'm in. Dawson's a wagon. Bill's passing game is looking good, and I expect that to be really prevalent tonight against Tennessee. Yeah, no, it it, 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 it feels trappy. It feels there, but in, in, in all seriousness, I think you bring up a good point. Derek is going to do Derek, but he's not going to be nearly as effective if the way I think the Bills stack the box. And again, you have to go win this game. Go into that bye week six and five and one, excuse me, tied for the lead in the AFC, second best record, tied for the second best record in the NFL. Feels good to be a Bills Bills fan. Feels good to be on that wagon. And you know, Monday night, 
I'm ready to go. I'm fucking amped up. Fired up, ready to go. Hopefully I get all my work done early today so I can get home at a reasonable time to catch this game. I'm excited. Good stuff there. Evan, any parting uh, thoughts on the Bills, Titans, or NFL stuff before we kind of wrap up this show? Uh, I am very much cheering for the Bills, primarily because the Bills win this game. You know, bear with me here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, let's let's we gotta we gotta nail down you know one of our core truths here that the Jaguars are very bad at football. But the Bills win this game. The Titans are three and three. Okay. Um, the Colts are two and four, and the oh Texans are God. one and five. I knew right where you're going with this. Okay. All the right. The Jaguars are two games back. Ah, uh, just saying. Just saying. The Jaguars are two <laughs> yes, games back. Yes. No. Yeah. Speak this. Manifest that fucking shit into existence. Give me a world where the Jaguars sneak in and make the AFC South a fucking challenge and win do this you, division. And do you know why the Jaguars are winning next week? Why is that? Because they're on a bye. They can't lose. Nice. But, Heck yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but but uh, truly, truly, I mean, it's it's there is a there is a situation here in which, like, the, the Bills got to go beat the Titans this week. The Jaguars got to start taking care of business. But Titans don't look like a wagon. I mean, there's a the, – the AFC South doesn't feel over. I don't think the Jags win it. I don't think the Jags even get themselves in contention. But as long as the Titans keep losing – there's a chance. So, go well, I feel like tonight. I feel like this is also a, a be careful what you wish for moment for you, Evan, and a lot of Jaguar fans who share your thoughts about Urban. God forbid the Jaguars start making this interesting and compete for that South Crown. That's pretty much almost going to guarantee Urban a second season, and it's gonna and it's gonna make make the uh, make the Jaguar faithful may, maybe have some second thoughts about him. No, I um I I mean. Yeah, I mean that—that's what would happen, and that would probably be a bad thing overall. That being said, you know, happiness is fleeting. Go win while you can. If you're winning games, you're winning games. I don't give a shit. Um, you know, it's—it's it's probably the bad long-term response, but but you know, if they if they want to have a moment, if they want to decide that you know that was the breakthrough, and now that they love their their horny grinding coach, um, that would be. Uh, you know, just, just the, just the, uh, that's, that'd be a peach, um, as, as we say here in the South. Um, so, so yeah, you know, just, just watch out, watch out little bitch. Uh, you, you never know, you never know what's going to come next. And, uh, and, and that may be a Jaguars comeback, perhaps. Uh, well, I'm excited for it. I hope it happens, folks. That just about does it for our time here. We've got a busy day ahead of us, so we're going to wrap up the show here. But we thank you all again for listening. Again, we'll hopefully be back later this week again. But, hey, you know what? It happens. Uh, Evan alluded to it and apologized, I think, three more times than he needed to. Life happens sometimes, folks. Things, you know, we, we also have, you know, full-time jobs and other obligations that we have to do. So, that being said, you know, we're sorry we missed last Thursday. And sorry in the future when we do inevitably, you know, miss more shows because it's bound to happen again. But we always appreciate you guys bearing with us. We're always going to tell you guys uh, when we're going to post and how we're going to do that. It's simple. Go to our Twitter, Down and Out, capital N, Down and Out, with the capital N, sorry, podcast at Twitter. We'll uh, send you all updates, tweet other stuff as well. It's been uh, been another great show. So, again, just appreciate you guys tuning in. Evan, uh, trying to think here. Oh, yeah, uh, they can find us at Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google, Stitcher, anywhere you stream your podcast, anywhere you stream our man, JD Masters and Buddha, Man in the Mirror, our intro outro song. You can find our podcast as well. Is there anything in there I'm missing before we wrap this baby up and, and get on our Mondays? Um, no, I think uh, that's all she wrote. Um, Any parting words then? Be good. Uh, go sports. Um, and go, watch, go, go Braves. Go Braves. Go actually. Braves. Watch. Uh, we got the ALCS tonight. Go Bills. ALCS returns tomorrow. Bills tonight. We got a lot going on. Woo! All right, folks, get energized. Get fucking ready. It's a Monday. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, it's been Down and Out. Arriva Dirty. Later. Cause a hassle Happy looking at me like Who is this bastard? Cool 
like ice, big slim pop like medicine that isn't really yours, but you take it with your friends. Cool, calm, collected, but I love to act hectic. Sitting in the corner in the dark like Riddick with the notepad out, thinking about lyrics. I ignored your story because I didn't want to hear it. Bitch, did you ever really catch a switch where I went from rock to boo to cop a vibe like a fish? Assist like white chocolate, handing out a dish. If the devil shows up, then my soul heat his wish. I might accept the offer because I want to grind like cars and give the trophies to my mama. Make him sweat like a sauna. Cause act like I can't, then I'ma spit like a llama. Take your girlfriend out and give a Balenciaga. So check me out, feel me up and watch me bounce. Cause the new man in the mirror is looking like a mouse. Switch places, change faces. Now Buddha runs a house. Trust hip hop more than bitches. So I'ma take her as a spouse. Or at least a concubine. If in front of my God feel divine, I'ma grab it like a shield and I make it shine. Cause when I'm polished, I'll abolish if you cross the line. That's how I am feeling. Keep growing like a giant, go through the ceiling. Man in the mirror, doubled up. Now you all the fuck. We go again, but when we stop blazing, boom, boom, pow, pow. What you gonna do now? Especially when I bring the energy like it's a pow wow. Besides, find a man, paint your face, cause you a damn clown. Look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now. The name is Buddha, bitch. Damn, JD. Uh, look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now.